Welcome to the first season of Ancient Anecdotes powered by Listen Cub. This is your host Ramanathan Ayer and this is Lalita Ramanathan. Appa appa appa. What 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 where is the fire? Take a breath. I found out who it is. Who is who? The devotee who made Krishna wait. Who? The devotee who made Krishna wait, pa. Oh ho, she is going around in circles. Lalitama, who is it? What is the name of the devotee who made Krishna wait? Oh, you mean the answer? Is it Pundarika from the Panduranga Mahatmya? I read this story, but the story has so many corrections here and there. Can you tell me the story again, please? First of all, good job. Well done finding out. I will attempt to cover the main sections of the story, okay? Let's get started. Now get this, there are different versions of this story of Pundarika. One such version was telecasted first on Doordarshan, which is India's national television. At the time, my granddad mentioned that the TV program was adapted from Tenali Ramakrishna's epic work called as the Panduranga Mahatyamu. Some of the sections of this story is from there, some of it is from other sources, and all of it is very, very interesting and a great joy to listen to. As usual, you have to pay close attention as we will talk about multiple points in time. Okay, Pa. There are two parts to the story. The first part starts sometime when the Satya Yuga was about to end and the Treta Yuga had not yet started. So it is a period of great Adharma. Even the great Indra disrespected his guru and preceptor and had also managed to kill two Tapasvis. As a result, Indra came under the influence of the Brahma Hatya Dosha and was hence cursed to become a rock. He sought the help of Lord Narayana. The Lord asks Indra to wait patiently as a rock until the right time comes along and Narayana himself can rid Indra of the curse. Oh God, the kind of trouble Indra gets himself into. Undoubtedly. As we discussed before, the second part of the story has a lot of versions. The version my granddad told me starts with the great Janudevarishi and his wife Satyavati. They have a son called Pundarika. They bring Pundarika up with a good education and get him married to a good girl. But unfortunately, Pundarika falls from dharma and cultivates bad habits. He also behaves very badly with his aged parents. He never gives them proper respect and doesn't heed their words. Their parents are in great agony and can't bear to see their son turn away from the path of righteousness in spite of their good advice. So Janudeva and Satyavati decide to leave Pundarika and go to Kashi. A large group of people from their village in present-day Maharashtra was travelling to Kashi by foot. Unable to face the fact that they were not able to bring a positive change in Pundarika, parents silently leave their son behind and aim to travel far away to live the rest of their days in peace. It is a long and tiring journey to Kashi. Appa, didn't they get any form of transport? No dear, they couldn't afford horses. They were also old and the pilgrimages were mostly done by foot those days. Meanwhile, back home, Pundarika was roaming around in his village on his horse and passed by a temple on the way. He hears some chanting going on and from the sound he recognizes that a saint was expounding the Skanda Purana to some devotees inside the temple. He realizes from his Vedic tutelage that the saint is currently explaining the Kashi Khanda and almost 100 chapters have gone by in the Uttarardha. Overcome by curiousness, 
Pundarika stops to listen more. The saint seemed to be mentioning the Falastuti or the result of going to Kashi Kshetra. The saint remarks that there is a Mukti Mantapa there in Kashi and even hearing about the temple, the listener becomes free from all sins committed in his birth. Hearing this one sentence, an intense urge to visit Kashi is born within him. Pundarika realized suddenly that he has become tired of his bad ways. He really wants to turn over a new leaf and badly needs direction. He remembers his parents and goes to his parents' house to seek guidance. But when he reached their house, Pundarika realizes that his parents have decided to abandon all ties with him and go to Kashi to live without him. Pundarika felt anger that at a time when he needs his parents the most, they have deserted his side. In a fit of anger, he got back on his horse and decides to reach the holy city of Kashi before his parents and get moral instruction without any help from them. As Pundarika passed the group travelling to Kashi, he sees his parents struggling to walk, but he ignores their plight and rides on. After a day's gallop, Pundarika and his horse reach the banks of the Bhimarati river and camp at the hermitage of a revered sage called Kukutamuni. Pundarika meets the venerable sage and asks him, I need to reach Kashi, O great sage. Am I going in the right direction? Surprisingly, the sage remarks, Kashi? You are going to Kashi? I haven't heard of this place. Pundarika scorns at the sage, remarking, Your hermitage is right on the way to Kashi and you have no knowledge of such a divine place? What sort of a sage are you anyway? How can he speak to a swami like that? What did the sage reply, Pa? The sage, however, is unfazed by these remarks and kindly offers Pundarika a place to stay for the night. Pundarika's parents are still a full day behind him, so Pundarika decides to rest there. His night passes badly as his sleep is unsettled and disturbed. It was as though Pundarika was tossing and turning under the weight of his life's misdeeds. In the wee hours of dawn, Pundarika suddenly spies on three very old and dirty-looking women slowly entering Kukutaswami's hermitage. They looked hideous and disfigured and wore clothes that bespoke years and years of wear and dirt. They slowly picked up some brooms and some water and started cleaning the hermitage. Pundarika sat upright and wondered, Who are these women and why are they cleaning the hermitage at this hour? Very painfully, the women started moving here and there. As Pundarika watched and as the hermitage became cleaner and cleaner, the women started changing. Their gates became more easier and they started becoming younger. The lines and wrinkles on their faces ironed themselves out and supple skin started appearing in their place. As he watched in wonder and as time passed, their hunched back slowly straightened and their clothes became brighter. He just couldn't believe his eyes. Why, Pa? What happened? He had never seen anything like this. It was such wonder and awe. Oh God! Yes, yes! I got it the first time. The suspense is... What? What happened? There, right in front of him, like caterpillars changed into butterflies, the three ladies appeared like divine beings now. They wore regal-looking dresses bedecked with sparkling gems. They appeared young. Their faces became a thing of beauty and depth. Their chores completed, the ladies were preparing to leave. 
Pundarika's curiosity was gnawing into his skull. Awkwardly, he arose and ran towards them and fell at the feet of one of the ladies who appeared elder than the other two. To his surprise, the three seemed to recognize him and the other two ladies took a hasty step backwards in disdain. The elder lady, however, stood firm but didn't seem happy. Amma, please tell me who you all are. I just saw three really old ladies entering the hermitage and before my very eyes you have changed into divine goddesses. How did this miracle happen? The eldest one replied addressing Pundarika by name. Pundarika, we are the perennial rivers, Ganga, Yamuna and Saraswati. People from all over the land come to holy places and take a dip in our waters. We collect the people's sins and make them clean again. We turn old and dirty in the process. We come here again to regain our original form and to continue our service. Amma, I have heard that the temple of Vishwanatha Swami at Kashi is the shrine that bestows the highest purity. You know this as you yourself flow there. Why then come here, O Devi? What is so special about this place? Asked Pundarika. Ganga looked piteously at Pundarika's ignorance. The great Kukutaswami serves his parents with such abiding devotion. His world revolves around the seva to his parents. To cleanse ourselves of all the accumulated sins of the world, we find it better to do seva in such a place rather than even travelling to Kashi. Amma, can I ask why all of you looked at me with so much disgust in the beginning when I approached you? Pundarika persisted. Don't you realize that when you travel to Kashi and finally take a dip in our waters, we only have to collect all your sins. You are the worst sinner in the world as you have never ever once in your life respected or even served your parents, thundered Ganga. She whisked her hands out of the grasp of a bewildered Pundarika, collected her companions and walked ahead. In a few seconds, their tinkling anklet sounds were doused by the gushing waters of the Bhimarati river, accentuated by the sounds of the nighttime crickets and toads. Pundarika wanted to run behind the Devis, but his feet refused to move and he stood rooted to the spot. He squeezed his eyes shut. The full purport and the importance of serving his parents dawned on him, engulfing his guilt of having ill-treated his poor parents. He opened his eyes and dashed into the night towards the stable. He hoisted himself onto his steed. Huh, huh, what? Is it morning already? Neighed the surprised horse sleepily. Pundarika lowered his head to the groggy horse and pleaded with it. Listen, my friend, please understand. I wouldn't disturb you if it weren't so important. Yes, you would, retorted the steed. Where are we going? We have to get our parents here, said Pundarika. Finally, thank God. When did you see the light? The horse neighed and they sped away into the night. Pundarika brings his aged parents to sage Kukuta's ashrama. He takes the old sage's blessings and proceeds to build a lovely hut for his parents on the far edge of the Dindiravana forest. He started serving them with zeal and devotion. Janudeva's happiness knew no bounds. That's it? Is the story over? Where is Krishna? Did he miss a bus to Dindiravana? Oh, oh, patience is virtue. Okay, next comes the part where Krishna happened to come to Pundarika's house. <laughs>
Finally. Once when Radha and the Gopikas visited Dwaraka, Krishna was so happy to see them. He spent so much time being with them that Rukmini turned green with envy at all the attention Krishna was giving the Gopikas. So, Rukmini gets up and goes off to Dindiravana to calm herself. Krishna meanwhile realizes that he is missing Rukmini only after the satisfied Gopikas return to Vrindavana. He then comes searching for Rukmini. No Google Maps so Krishna is it. He passed a hunter and asked him, Dear sir, have you seen my Rukmini? The hunter replies, Oh yes, follow this path and you will reach Pundarika's ashrama. The Bhimarati river is on the right. Rukmini is on the other bank. Krishna goes further and passes a couple of pundit boys and confirms the route. On the bank of the Bhimarati, opposite to Pundarika's ashrama, said the boys. That name again, wonders Krishna. Who is this Pundarika? He asks the boys. The boys giggle and run away. He then passes a potter and a sweet seller and every single person he asked first describe Pundarika's ashrama as the landmark and then tell Krishna where Rukmini is. Krishna reaches the marked place, finds Rukmini there and pacifies her. Soon it is time to return to Dwaraka. But Krishna is super impressed with Pundarika's bhakti towards his parents. And so he convinces Rukmini to make a quick pit stop at Pundarika's house. Naltama, you say what Rukmini would have said? I know what happens when you meet devotees. You lose track of time totally. Just keep a watch on the time and don't delay us too much. Yes, yes. It won't take much time, dearest. We will be in and out in seconds, assured Krishna with twinkling eyes. Rukmini rolls her eyelids. Krishna and Rukmini arrived at Pundarika's ashrama and at the exact time, Janudeva and Satyavati had just had their lunch. It was time for Janudeva's afternoon nap and Pundarika was pressing their feet. Krishna rang the bell. Appa, trains and buses are not there, but huts having doorbells, is it? Okay, okay. Now pay attention. This is the key part of the story. Krishna comes to the entrance and calls out to Pundarika. Pundarika, look who has come. It is Rukmini and Krishna. Pundarika realizes immediately that the great Dwaraganatha has come to his humble abode. But Pundarika does not stop attending to his father. He throws two bricks in the direction of the doorway. One for Krishna and one for Rukmini. He then asks them to stand on the brick and wait there until he can allow them to enter. Rukmini gave Krishna an inquiring glance. But Krishna was absolutely unperturbed. He silently consented and climbed the brick and placed his hands akimbo and motioned Rukmini to do the same thing. Appa, what is akimbo? With his hands on his hips and the elbows turned outwards. You've seen the photo of Vithoba, no? Well, anyhow, due to this pose on the brick, he gets the new name Panduranga Vithala and Rukmini becomes Rukkumai. As soon as he is convinced that both parents have fallen asleep, Pundarika comes running and falls at Krishna's feet, washing them with his profuse tears. Krishna wipes these tears gently and asks, Pundarika, why do you cry? I am not at all offended. You haven't made me wait. You have compelled me instead into absolving all your sins. And now you will show the world the method and the importance of taking care of parents. I am so pleased with your actions. Please ask me anything. Pundarika replies amidst tearful spasms. 
हे विठला प्रॉमिस मी दैट यू एंड रुकुमाई विल नॉट लीव माय साइड यू विल रिमेन हियर फॉर एवर टू डेमोन्स्ट्रेट दैट द लॉर्ड इंडीड हीड्स द वॉइस ऑफ हिज डिवोटीज कृष्णा रिप्लाइड सो बी इट वी विल रिमेन हियर फ्रॉम हियर ऑन Establish the city of Pandharpur here to bear testament to your devotion to your parents. From here on, Dwaraganatha will also be called Pandharinatha. So set up the Vithoba shrine here. The Bhimarathi river will slow down for its devotees to take bath in its waters and take our darshan afterwards. It will be renamed as Chandrabhaga here on. Oh God. poor rukmini was expecting to return to dwaraka and krishna had said it would only be few minutes now they both have to stand uncomfortably on a brick for ever appa when was the temple actually built granddad used to say that the historicity of the temple has some confusions dearest the huge vithoba temple has an entrance mandapam Then there is a pathway that leads to another mandapam that has 16 pillars called as the Sola Khambi. Here there are Sanskrit Kannada inscriptions dating back to the 12th century CE where the Hoysala Yadava king Veera Someshwara is said to have given land for the construction of the temple. Pundarika is said to have found the Varkari Sampradaya. Pilgrims who follow this sect come in huge numbers walking all the way to visit Pandharpur and Alandi at least once a year. Adi Shankaracharya is said to have composed the Pandurangashtakam here in Pandharpur in the 8th century hereabouts as well he refers to Pandharpur as the Bhimaratikshetra with the word Mahayogapitham as an adjective on the one hand he means that visiting the place ensures the union of jiva with the atman and on the other hand he means the place where the vaishnava and the shaiva traditions may unite महायोगपीठे तटे भीमरत्याम Oh that's a brilliant catch both Indra and Lord Narayana have waited in this story therefore both the sinner and the absolver do you remember what happened to Indra in the first story yes lord narayana asked indra to become a rock and wait for the lord to lift his curse yes do you remember the brick pundarika threw for krishna to wait by stepping on it krishna shows how time management can be done so efficiently all at the same time Rukmini was pacified Pundharika was given darshan Pandharpur was found Chandrabhaga was born for the devotees lifetime unlimited darshan for all the devotees was promised to Pundharika and amidst all this Indra was also absolved of his terrible curse Oh no way that brick was Indra only is it how did Pundharika know which brick to throw What would have happened if Pundarika picked the wrong brick? That's the whole magic, the magic of meditation. This is the core symbolism behind the story. Granddad used to tell me that listening to the story, every one comes to know that the service and devotion to parents is paramount, even in comparison to the service to the Lord. But 
there is a secret message encoded within this story's depths granddad disclosed this well kept secret when he told me the story what is it being still stillness in the mind is the key the key to overcoming obstacles to serve to do great things to being efficient and even correct one's mistakes and start afresh in fact the entire creation is set to organize itself to make all this happen pundarika's mind becomes still after his encounter with mother ganga therefore the right brick is chosen indra's mind becomes still due to his penance as a rock and so his sins are absolved but how to show this to the world so krishna climbs onto the brick and stands still stillness is the key you know just like there is a secret behind devas getting cursed there is a secret behind asuras and their powers as well tell 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 no appa hear it first on ancient anecdotes on your favorite podcast streaming providers tune in every week for a brand new episode